in the dark. The Romans are difficult to assess today. They employed force, yet what they accomplished by the use of it has never been equal. For Rome conferred, indeed imposed, upon the Mediterranean area and upon vast hinterlands and three continents, a unity which these regions had never known before. And will they ever regain it? So far, they have not. But that, but that is by no means all. For although Rome formed part of a larger Greek, Greek Roman story, it possessed a potent individuality of its own. The notion, which is still sometimes aired, that Roman culture was merely an imitation of its Greek models, is at war and misguided in every field. On the contrary, in the literary and visual arts alike, as well as in law and the governmental sciences, Rome's achievement was a singular originality and distinction. Ancient Rome is also unparalleled among the great communities of the Western world because it lasted for so long. No other occidental civilization or major political unit has so far rivaled its millennial duration. For the historian, it is infinitely useful that this interruptly continuing evolving society is available for his or her investigation at every phase of its growth and vigorous existence and eventual transformation. The Roman experience is useful for two reasons. First of all, in itself, without any consideration whatever of modern comparisons and echoes, it is wonderfully worthwhile to attempt to recreate this unique phenomenon, just as it was leaving our own modern concerns out of the matter altogether. The study of such an exciting and distinctive historical process is amply justified purely and simply on its own account. Yet at the same time, this interest takes on a new dimension when it is remembered that we ourselves, whether we like it or not, are Rome's there. In a thousand different ways, the Romans are permanently and indestructibly woven in the fabric of our own existence. They lived through many events and developments which resembled, prefigured, and caused what has happened, is happening, and may happen in the future of our own communities and our own selves. The circumstance and backgrounds, it goes without saying, are in some respects radically different. But to conclude from that, this that people today cannot profit from such ancient history, the Rome is unable to communicate to us any relevant lessons or warning. warnings. To use that old-fashioned phrase is mistaken. For the, past, for the past is deeply and unavoidably ingrained in our own lives. It is therefore plain common sense to turn this inescapable possession to our, own, to our advantage, for it can show us the good, bad, and strange things of which humanity has proved to be capable and is therefore capable still, and besides, as the philosopher George Santayana pointed out, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. We admit those who cannot, uh, we admit that when faced with a decision in our personal lives, we are habitually that, uh, guided by the recollection of things that we ourselves have done or experienced at an earlier stage of our lifetimes, or why limit this to our lifetimes? Why assumes that we cannot also learn from experiences and decisions and achievements and mistakes of those who lived before? First, uh, then, Rome should be studied entirely on its own account, and every endeavor should be made to extract its own peculiar quintessence, regardless of any guidance it may have to offer ourselves. In the second, uh, in the second place, however, nothing will be lost, and perhaps much gained by seeking an analogies with our own experiences as well. For both these reasons, uh, the effort to find out as much as we can about this unique segment segment of world history needs no further justification. However, the task of pursuing this aim is far from easy. 
That is mainly for two reasons, which at first sight seem to contradict each other. To begin with, the ancient sources, literary and archaeological alike, are often tantalizingly inadequate and, un and uninformative. A great many of the documents that once existed before have been lost, and those that survive are often agnomatic and biased and neglectful of many matters that we should dearly like to know about. And yet the second reason why the task is so difficult is because the quantity of this material, however unsatisfactory, is nevertheless so colossal, which is hardly surprising since it encompasses 8,000 eventful years. There are, of course, countless modern histories of ancient Rome, and to many of them I owe a profound debt. Yet they have not prevented me from persisting with this new attempt, because however far it will fall below the greatness of the theme. But given all this material, what principles of selection and omission ought to be adopted? First, would it be better to write a narrative or divide or or uh, approach them approach each section equally? And, and what about our moral judgments? Are Romans good because of all the positive achievements or bad because of their unmistakable brutalities? One cannot keep more judgment out of it together because, as CCR pointed out, it remains objectively true, in spite of deba uh, debatable marginal cases that some sorts of behavior are good and others are bad, and no, and no viscitude of taste or special circumstances can make them otherwise. When we pass on to intellectual judgments, for example, concerning the, the political wisdom or unwisdom of actions taken by this or that personage, the historical task becomes more delicate still. It is enough to sit, sit in one study and perhaps never leave it and pronounce that Scipio or Caesar or Marcus Aurelius acted sensibly or otherwise. Yet the chair-born hindsight of this kind can never be based on a knowledge of all the circumstances and facts. Therefore, we will begin with uh, the beginning. Rome and Etruria. Italy, Italy's central position in the, in the Mediterranean is a call to self-assertion, suggesting many promising opportunities if and when its pop population is capable of grasping them. For instead of forming a barrier between the eastern and western reaches of the sea, the country serves as a link between them, uh, open to maritime channels on either side. Moreover, the, cur the curiously elongated shape of the peninsula provides next, uh, next only degrees the longest coastline in Europe. For every 59 square miles of land, there is a mile of, sh of shore, where Spain, for example, only has to a 145. Besides, Italy is significantly placed in relation to the continental lands in, in, to its north. It is far enough removed from them to skip many of their turmoils, yet near, near enough to gain a share of whatever cultural advances are in the making. At least three quarters of Italy's territory consists of hills. They rise into the harshly ribbed uh, vertebrae of the epi uh, Apennines, which dominate the whole land, curving them from the northwestern seaboard to the eastern Adri Adriatic coast, and then back again to Italy's toe. If there are also plains, uh, plains at the foot of this mountain, mountain, mountain enormous mass. They provide convenient inland corridors and for the most part enjoy a relatively 
temperate and humid climate, which in early times opened up possibilities of agriculture and on a scale that no other Mediterranean country had ever before been able to attempt. In comparison with other parts of the world, and particularly with the little less uh, bountiful plains of Greece, these regions seemed welcoming indeed. The greatest of the plains is the Po Valley in the north between the Apennines and the Alps. However, that region, known to the Romans as uh, Gaul, this side of the Alps, is part of the continental landmass rather than uh, of the peninsula itself, and throughout more than half the period covered by this by this uh, uh, podcast, it is not yet regarded as part of Italy at all. Yet in the south. Too, even more fertile districts are to be found, especially along the west coast, which was more attractive than the east because uh, of its because mount- the mountains because of its mountains weren't so steep and recede further from the sea. On this shore lay uh, above all the companion plain centered around the Gulf of Cume or Bay of Naples as it, as it is now, and to its north a 230 mile stretch of lowland Ladio. And then north of Latium there was Etruria, separated from it by the river uh, Tiber, which although smaller than the Po, is the largest river and possesses the most extensive drainage area of peninsular Italy. Descending from the central massif, the Tiber becomes navigable in its lower reaches like so many other rivers of the world, on which important Durable settlements uh, have likewise been founded and 15 miles from the Mediterranean or 20 for those traveling on its uh, on a stream far enough to provide warning of maritime raiders but near enough to give it already access to the sea which was the lowest of the river's feasible crossing points at Rome. This crossing close to an island in the river linked together the lowest stretches of firm ground on either bank at some point where the Tiber turns of bricks to a low range to marshy coastal plain before debouching at the only possible harbor for many miles in either direction. It was a crossing of vital importance since it coincided, co- coincided with the most convenient of the few longitudinal routes of Italy, a route which provided the main line of communications along the whole of the western and more populous flank of the country. More of or like London and Paris, the site the site commanded easy progress not only across the river but along its course as well. For both upon its waters and by the road that uh, that lay behind it, uh, it there was at the, that lay beside it there was access to precious rare salt paint pans on the shore, and inland the continuation of the same road up the river valley led uh, led up fairly easy passes into the into the central regions of the of the land. Um, once the inhib- inhabitants of Rome became strong enough, they would be able to dominate these vital passages in all directions. However, this potentiality uh, was a challenge and a peril as much as an advantage for people uh, at a, an important junction, just as like likely to reap suffering as profit. And the men and women who came and lived here were open to aggression from all sides and needed all the protection they could get. They got it from the cliffs on which they planted their settlements, for the river lay in a deep uh, in a deep trough at this point, and the settlers came to live on the hills and hit locks above its southern bank. 
These heights were between uh, 100 and 300 feet above sea level, a series of flat uh, top spurs projecting more sharply than now towards the Tiber and safely raised above the, uh, the floods to which its valley was exposed. Ravines from our tributaries, uh, tributaries of the river divided the hills from one another and to a lesser uh, extent from the main plateau of uh, the hinterland as well. The site of Rome enjoyed a good water supply at all seasons and was within easy reach uh, of fertile so soil. It had been human, uh, it had seen human occupation at least at sporadic intervals from a, from a very early date. The skull of a single tux tusk elephant that lived some two million years ago has been found in its alveol sands. In the soil beneath the suburb has yielded a Neanderthal man's skull more than 30,000 years old. Other discoveries include the flint and copper implements of people who lived in place early in the second millennium before our era. Not long afterwards, in about 1600 BC, men and women with unfamiliar customs made their first appearance in Italy. They buried uh, the bodies of the dead, practiced a semi-nomadic uh, pastoral economy, and made excellent bronze work and decorated pottery. These settlers are described as representatives of the AP9 culture because they lived on either side of that range to its north, in the valley of the Po, and to its south in Utrecht, which extended down as far as Rome's river, the Tiber. Um, contrary to the view that prevailed until recently, the Ukrainian sector of the culture culture probably developed more rapidly than the other. Moreover, from four, 1400 BC onwards, this culture gained strength on the south bank of the Tiber to and left traces inside Rome itself where objects that belong to them have been found on the low ground near the river upon the site of the Forum Bororium or cattle market to which they may have been transported from a neighboring hill. It is possible, though not certain, that the men and women who lived on the site of Rome at that time were already speaking the Indo-European speech which later became Latin and Italian. And there is also quite a likelihood that from the time of these Bronze Age settlers onwards, uh, habitation continued without a break. In other words, if the city which exists today was founded by the middle of the second millennium BC, a new phase, archaeologically better documented, began early in the last millennium BC with new groups of migrants, migrants gradually moved to this location. These were the descendants of men and women who had probably been settled in some generations in the area. They are called Latium and now the southern uh, part of Lazio. Uh, a roughly triangle well water country um, country 30 miles deep and 60 miles long. Latium extended from the borders Um, the borders of Campania as far north as the Tiber and the site of Rome. Before 1000 BC, the population which had established themselves in this region had apparently been joined by immigrants of mixed regions coming by sea from the Balkans and small isolated pioneering groups. Whatever may have been the case with their predecessors, these settlers 
probably spoke a primitive dialect related to Latin. They engraved bronze skillfully, but supplemental, uh, supplemental these talents by growing familiarity with the use of iron, a knowledge they had required along the sea routes from the Aegean. In contrast to their prominent, uh, predominantly pastoral forerunners, they plowed the soil with light plows and did not bury, but burnt, cremated, or dead. They form one of the main streams of, of Iron Age history. But another, another two became. Um, but. But another two became increasingly apparent. For Lydium also contained people, coming perhaps originally from southern Italy, who, like the Bronze Age people of the previous millennium, did not cremate their dead but buried them. This element gradually became dominant in Lydium and greatly increased its prosperity. One of the nuclei of these Latin communities was the Alban Mount, 13 miles southeast of Rome. Its peak was a natural fortress, some 33,000 feet in height, dominating a semicircle of cone-shaped hills. The Alban Mount was a former volcano which had ceased to be active in about the 4th millennium BC. By that time, before its eruptions had guaranteed the future wealth of the area by covering the marshy clay plain for miles around with layers of new soil containing phosphates and potash. This mixture with addition of decaying leaves from the fortress of fir, pine, chestnut, and beech that still covered the terrain made the southern clay especially fertile when drained. By the early by the early years of the first millennium, the settlement of the Elgin area and of the of Latium was nearing completion, and nomadism was finally giving way to intensive cult- cultivation. It was at this junction that some of the Iron Age moved into Rome. Groups of shepherds and farmers gradually moved across from the Alban region until they came to the Tiber and built their huts upon the Roman hills, which were particularly attra- uh, attractive because they provided communications with Etruria beyond the river. First of all, um, first of all, groups of these people settled uh, on the level summit of the isolated and well-protected uh, Palatine Hill, and in the marshy, moat-like valley of the Forum, which lay between it and the Quirinal, Esquinal, and Capitoline Hills. Next, in the 9th and 8th centuries BC, further immigrants came and settled on the uh, Quirinal, guarded by steep ravines on three sides, and then others established themselves on Esquiline as well as Precipitous uh, Capitoline and the Sicilian, rising northwest and east of the Platine, respectively, also received inha- inhabitants in an early period, though at what stage cannot be cannot yet be determined. Um, and these people not only dwelt on the hills and the forum that lay between them, but also deposited the remains of their dead near their dwellings. The last text of interment characteristic of the two groups of, um, of Iron Age settlers are both found cremation and burial. Um, the globular, globular jars with stone slats and slits came urns in which the burnt ashes of the dead person were laid. Often the urn was a little model of the huts in which the people themselves lived, a design that seems to have originated in Latium. 
As for the um, brewery, uh, they bury the bodies in hollowed out logs or rough stone sarcophagi, which they laid in long rectangular pits or trenches, sometimes lined with stones. The two types of interment, uh, interment cremation and um, burying are, are sometimes found side by side on Roman sites and even on occasion in such close proximity that graves of the two clients actually cut into one another. But whether the practi- uh, practitioners of these two customs differ from one another in race, we cannot say. All that is safe to conjecture or from these first Iron Age cemeteries at Rome is that the two groups, whoever they were, gradually mixed and amalgamated both with each other and with whatever sparse population they already found living on the hills when they arrived. Rome, according to the traditional belief, was founded in 753 BC, but the date is wholly mythical, too late for the first regular settlements and too early for the, t- of the, for the, for the time of true urbanization, and it is worthwhile to know how this how this uh, fictitious date can be fixed in the first place. The city's period of mono- mo- uh, monarchic rule was widely and probably correctly believed to have come to an end in the last years of the 6th century, not until the preceding period. Later, Romans could only master the name of the seven kings of varying authenticity. To accommodate these seven kings and the more or less legendary events associated with them, it seems necessary to suppose that their reigns have covered two or three hundred years, which working uh, back from their expulsion shortly before 500 BC, fixed the foundation of Rome in the 9th or 8th century. As one, as, uh, and so one later historian favored uh, 814 BC for this foundation on, a, on an entirely erroneous principle because his only aim was to uh, circumcise the event with the origin of Rome's later archenemy Carthage, which was believed to have been founded at that date. Another writer before 748 to 748 said on the equally fallacious grounds that this provided a convenient period of exactly 400 before a recorded celebration of the secular games, a religious festival which marked periods of time often centuries and had been celebrated is believed in 348 BC. However, an alternative date for the foundation favored by another ancient historian was 751. Um, the move from 748 uh, BC being made to permit the interpolation of certain names which, which, uh, which, which was wished to insert in the list of annual elected consuls. And then um, another writer of the first century BC, Varro, needed two more years for the same sort of reason, fastened upon 753 instead. That ultimately became canonical, but it is as wholly speculative and unsound a date as any of the others. In seeking, that is to say, to reconstruct the early history and chronology of Rome, its abundant patriotic and partition. Myths and legends have to be distrusted. 
is trusted. And yet those, unfortunately, are the only literary material that we possess. For all these early centuries before any reliable historical facts are available, the myths are immensely important because they tell us they tell us uh, what life generations of Romans believed about their country and how their minds were. But to find out what had actually happened in in early in early in the, in the early days, uh, we are compelled compelled for the most part to have recourse not to these stories but to archaeological excavation. And the record that this provides for us is sometimes entirely different from the stories told by the mythology mythologies. Another example of the same difficulties provided by Rome's intrusion period. Rome was at one time an archaeological evidence as as archaeological evidence reveals a largely intrusion city in its midst. Do not deny this this was so. The strange love-hate attitude which their Romans exhibited towards the intrusions and which is apparent for instance in many passages of Virgil's Poetry reflects such discomfort about this period of foreign uh, domination far back in the past, though it was that most of the salient factor facts are obscured and can only be partially recovered by painstaking archaeological research. In the first place, this tells us and is telling us in ever greater detail year by year who the Croatians were. Their city-states flourished in the 7th and 6th century BC in a homeland which roughly corresponded with what is now Tuscany and northern Lazio, covering a highly varied territory stretching 200,000 miles from the Arno to the Tiber and inland as far as the Apennines. The individual but varied intrusion people inhabiting this region will call themselves Razina. Display an art which, uh, with pronounced Oriental characteristics. Their splendid gold jewelry, for example, and their architectural, architectural themes and techniques, which they employ to, uh, uh, to spectacular effect, were um, strongly reminiscent of the Near East, to some extent Asia Minor, but also the coastlands. Of Syria and Phoenicia, which is now known as Lebanon, and historic Meso- Mesopotamia and Assyria beyond them. Now, similar trends were apparent in the art of Greece, uh, too. During its orientalization, orientalizing phase, uh, which was uh, precisely at the same time of the greatest Etruscan art, or orientalizing tendencies had first begun pervade Greece late in the 8th century BC because the country's isolation following its so-called Dark Age during the convulsions at the beginning of the millennium which uh, was beginning to come to an end. The monopoly of the Eastern Mediterranean uh, which had passed during the previous chaotic period from Mycenae and other places in Greece to the Semitic cities of Tyrone and Sidon in Phoenicia was at this time challenged once again by the Greeks, whose own ships, uh, as well as those of the Phoenicians, began to bring them objects of Eastern trade and workmanship, thus causing Oriental motifs to flood into Greek art. 
This le- uh, the lead was taken by the maritime ethnicity of Corinth, whose artists, as well as those from its offshoots or colonies on the other side of the Adriatic, uh, Adriatic, Adriatic extensively painted uh, such Eastern themes on the races. In these polychrome paintings, new patterns of animals and winged monsters are placed to form more geometric designs. The representational uh, illustrative type of art had long been familiar in Syria and Egypt and Assyria, but in Greece, the introduction of these tendencies proved epoch-making, releasing novel creative forces and endowing endowing the rising civilization with a new distinctive personality. And they in the, uh, and they in their turn conveyed the new orientalizing orientalizing influences to Tria both directly from the mainland of Greece and indirectly to the colonies of Magna, Grecia and South Italy, for Utrea became one of the chief export markets of the Greeks, and so their painted faces filled with amber, tin, lead and luxury goods flooded into the country, and the uh, Etrusians employed immigrant craftsmen from Corinth and its colonies who in a Greek speaking community made this appearance. Um, colonies, mutual um, Corinthian Athenian poet redominated the local markets from 600 BC when a Greek speaking community made its appearance at um, uh one of the ports of the Eutrasian city of Tarquini, which is now Tarquinia. Eutrasian are absorbed this Greek influence thoroughly. If the result seems strangely different than individual. Just as extrusion society too is in many ways alien from Greece. For example, its strange mixture of um, intense religious feeling with brutal physical force and the prominence and the prominence uh, in a core to women almost unparalleled in Western lands until the present century at, uh, at its more Pedestrian levels, the art of Vitraria merely resembles an offbeat provincial variation of Greek art, such as could be found in other frontiers of Hellenic culture in Europe and Asia at its, um, at its best. On the other hand, it uh, achieves authentic composing originality. The most typical features of Vitrarian temples are lofty platforms and roomy. Colon, uh, colonnaded porches are clearly un-Greek. Moreover, an extrusive, roomy, an statue like the Apollo of V adds to its Greek shape and manner. Uh, an un-Greek grouse and forceful of abundance of light and an unclassical treatment of detail. These are partly the artist's, artist's own contribution 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 but they are also based on apprehension of the eastern past which is more lively among the Eutrasians than among the Greeks for the orientalizing um, tendency is unmistakably sharper and deeper in Eutrasia 
this created the uh, supposition that the Eutrasians themselves had originally been of Eastern uh, origin. A tradition uh, believed in Eutraria and duly recorded by Herodotus, although the Lydian links um, are fictitious, being founded on false uh, etymologies. The Eastern influences on the Eutrasians, in fact, mainly came from the European markets and colonies of Ischia uh, and and Hume in Campania, which had close contacts with Eutraria in order to acquire its copper and iron in exchange for gold and other wares obtained by the Greeks from their markets um, in Syria. The eagerness with which the Eutrasians absorbed these Eastern influences is demonstrated not only by an artistic, the artistic echoes and parallels, but other evidence as well. For example, their belief in uh, revealed religion and in specific methods of uh, de uh, divination seems to go back to that part of the world. Moreover, their mining of copper and then iron was highly reminiscent of Asia Minor and regions beyond. They exploited this activity on a scale which, by ancient standards, was um, beyond. Uh, was prodigious. Indeed, it was the copper. Um, indeed, it was the copper. Copper available to Populonia uh, on the on the Eutrasian coast, which evidently first brought these adventures to the country and gave them their huge prosperity and the weapons which would um, which maintain maintained it. Moreover, their success was further guaranteed by extremely effective agriculture, making use of sophisticated methods of drainage and soil uh, conservation, which we call the techniques of Mesopotamia, and there is and there's epigraphic evidence of Eastern con con connections to since um, since inscriptions from the Aegean Aegean island of Lemnos reveal that its people spoke a language resembling Eutrasian, uh, but perhaps they were traders from Eutraria. We can read the 26 characters of the alphabet used, used by the Eutrasians, which they evolved from the letters employed by Greek um, colonists in southwestern Italy. However, our 50 bilingual inscriptions in which uh, Eutroskin is juxtaposed where another language unfortunately fail to disclose the nature of its uh, of this tongue or even to show whether uh, it forms part of the Indo-European stock to which Greek and Latin belong. But that now seems on, a, on the whole improbable true a bilingual inscription from um, Gregory, uh, in which Eutroskin Neutral scan is juxtaposed with another language, um, Phoenician, or failed to disclose the nature of the tongue. But apparently, like certain other languages in Northern North Italy and Sicily, its structure was not Indo European. Indeed, the origins of the Euthro 
skins present each each. Indeed, the origins of them present an insoluble problem, because the people, as it finally emerged, was evidently uh, the product of mass, major, or minor population movements, mostly within Italy itself. One must imagine um, even adventurous bands from various parts of the peninsula roaming about amid troubled conditions, perhaps in the wake of uh, reconnaissance by early traders arriving upon the shores of Utreria, fortifying them with wooden uh, palisades and establishing them uh, upon them in due course. The powerful city states, which we know as Eususkin, uh, they did so with the collaboration moving or force of the people whom they found already in residence there. For despite some observed suggestive of a new cultural element, there is also a strong measure of archaeological continuity on the sites. These people owed uh, to their eastern influences as well as to the Greeks from whom, from whom these influences reached that a marked talent for urbanization and this is encouraged by the compulsion imposed by Italy's geography to cluster together on the relatively few sites that were eligible and attractive and so they created their site uh, cities from first near the coast and then on inland sites towards the middle course of this hyper um, Traditionally, there are 12 such communities in, in Utreria, though it is hard to draw up a complete list for any given time. And besides, archaeological, archaeologically, um, has and archaeologically, archaeology has really relieved number of townships far exceeding the total, the total but 12 was the approximate number for their major city-states in spite of uh, traditions that there had once been a single king over the whole country. Each of these cities seems to have been independent of all the rest. Once a year they send delegates over the, their excellent worlds for a joint gathering at the shrine of Valtumna, which has not yet been identified, but was, pro, um, but was probably not found from Lake Volsinius or Volsena, and the political initiatives which the, the Seleuce called Union attempted were apparently rare and generally ineffectual. True, its member, member cities no doubt maintained shifting patterns of alliances with one another, but they had grown up in physical isolation, cut apart by the wooded and hilly country which surrounded them. In consequence, uh, each city usually tended to act on its own, and these states were not only independent but highly individual and distinguished from each other by sharp political, social, and uh, social and cultural differences, almost as great perhaps as those which distinguished, say, Athens and Sparta in Greece. This point to really appreciate is of major importance to early Roman history, which was influenced at most significant junctures, not by the, uh, by the people of Eucharia as a whole, but by this or that, uh, or that city uh, states um, of Eucharia. Owing to the inadequate state of all our sources, we cannot always say which of these cities exercised 
such effect at any given moment, but obviously to a large extent, Rome is likely to have been most greatly influenced by the Severn community, which lay so close to the Tiber. There were Tarquini, um, Sayre, and Ve, only 40, uh, only 40, 20, and 12 miles distant, respectively, from Rome. These south um, cities standing on the hilltops in close proximity to the coast were livelier and more cosmopolitan, more open and receptive to Greek and other foreign contexts in their middle and north uh, counterparts, which lay beyond almost untouched forests in the interior. So it was, which lay beyond almost, un, um, so it was they, Turkey, Sayre, and Bay, that developed a particularly brilliant and prosperous culture in 670-630 BC and supplied the formative stimulus and inspiration which transformed Rome from a huddle of hot villages into a city. For by the early 7th century BC, the communities, uh, the communities on the several spurs of the Palatine, Esquiline, and Selene had joined together at least for religious purposes and perhaps politically as well. The unit they now formed was the Septic Montia or Seven Hells, different from as well than the later Seven Hells of Rome. Um, perhaps then, perhaps in 625 to 620 BC, the low-lying area layer known as the Forum was systematically drained, and it was probably at this juncture that Rome's great drain, the Cloaca Maxima, was dug um, through, uh, uh, through it at first in the form of an open trench. Thus, the Forum was able to start its long career as a meeting place, a market for the unified Roman hills. Within another quarter of a century, the mo momentum quickened still further. The Forum and the uh, Sacred Way, they connected it with the other uh, quarters of the town, received their first per permanent pavements and the Forum Borium, which was a cat mar market near the river, too regularly laid out. And it was at about the same time that a further decisive uh, step was taken towards the unification of the city. For now, the northernmost spurs, the Cineral and Viminal, joined the growing communities. Before long, the expanded uh, township began to make use of the rocky capital line as a common citadel, with whether the earlier or smaller amalgamation, the Septimontium. Had been had only been for purposes of common worship, or had been more um, comprehensive. Uh, this new and large Rome of the four regions, as it was called, was a completely unified entity. Its boundaries marked with a sacred furrow by a bronze um, plowshare drawn by a white bull and white cow. It still cannot be proved for certain that these developments were directly due to the example or council of Rome's um, neighbors, but this seems highly probable for the appearance of such rapid internal changes accompanying uh, as excavations show by the transformation of a purely domestic economy into a community of professional handicrafts suggests that some such powerful external agency was at work. Moreover, contacts between um, Iron Age Lame and Southern Utrecht was nothing new. They had been taking place from the mid-18th century onwards, and Rome had participated in them almost from the start, progressively assimilating its material culture to that of the of that of the Utrecht culture. And it is in the last quarter of the seventh century BC, just about this, the time when the Forum was drained, 
the first pottery and metalwork from the nearby cities of Eteria, Sarah and um, of Sarah and they began to appear in Rome. The place is evidently on the way to becoming an a uh, each, uh, part of the Eteria community city. <laughs>